I also lied about T. Brooks Ellis locking my hair. I do not know T. Brooks Ellis. But I did read one of his books, and he seemed like the type of guy that wouldn't blink twice at a Tennessee top hat. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Yeah, there's Ned. There Listen like your life depends on it. Broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp Command Center here in wonderful New Hampshire, where the weather is colder than that zombie you left in the pool last winter. It's chilly. It's real chilly. My name is Bob Fournier. Joining me as always for another special show. First of all, we have the busy zombie lord himself, Lou Page. It's not that cold here in Maine. I'm lying. Don't listen to me. It's freezing. <laughs> it's, it's freezing, man. It's freezing. It's probably not as cold as those places, uh, you know, over the wall, north, north of the wall. Yeah, uh, Canada. In Canada, we have, we know someone from there. I believe he's here. It's uh, his name is Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually really nice. It's like ten degrees. Uh, and for Americans listening, uh, just use Google and you'll figure it out. Uh, it's 10 degrees right now. It's nice and warm. My furnace is broken, um, so I'm sure it'll be cold tomorrow. Uh, just my luck. All right. I said we had a special show, and I want to get right into it because we do have a special show. We have a guest, mm-hmm. a very special guest. Her name is Lauren Wilson, and she is the author of The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse, A Cookbook and Culinary Survival Guide. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hello, Zed Heads. How are you today? I'm doing great. How is the weather in New York City? Oh, it's, uh, it was pretty great today. It was pretty nice, pretty warm. Um, it was about uh, 10 degrees here, too. Um, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to stick with the Celsius. But yeah, it was good. Well, rub it in. <laughs> you got to stick with the Celsius. You, you, you know. So. No, so Lauren, you're here. You you wrote a book. That's great. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Congratulations. It's available to buy now, right? You can buy this book. You can buy this book. It just came out um, on October 28th. That is awesome. And I got to tell you, we've we've all pretty much read the book here. Um, I will start off by saying I know these guys will agree with me. What an amazing read this book is. And uh, I just want to say it's an awesome job, wonderful book. And I could not put it down once I started reading it on the iPad. I was just like, Wow. Oh, thank you so much. That's very nice to hear. Mm-hmm. It's very detailed. Like uh, m- my personal favorite is the Zompocalypse Zom- Party Mix, and I'm definitely <laughs> going to go make that after when I go to play Assassin's Creed Unity. I'll just have my bowl of Zompocalypse Party Mix right here. Um, I don't. I don't have like army release food to put in it, but I'm sure I'll just like get some duct tape, put it over the party mix I have right now, and just write Zompocalypse on it. That works good. too. Yeah, well, it's a lot yeah. easier. It won't work in the apocalypse, but it'll work on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm going to assume that you're a big zombie fan. Um, probably pretty pretty big zombie fan. I, I guess pretty big zombie fan. Yeah. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind the book? Um, that's a great question. 
Um, it actually, I have to be a hundred percent honest and give credit where credit's due. The, the idea for the book was my best friends. Um, he kind of just one day we were hanging out and he's like, you know, you're a zombie nerd. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you're a food nerd. And I was like, yeah. He's like, you should write a cookbook for the zombie apocalypse. I was like, well, that's a great idea. Um, and I just sort of sat on it for several years until I began working on the book about four years ago. Um, and, uh, and now, you know, coincidentally now zombies are extremely popular, so it worked out pretty well. But yeah, that's sort of where the idea came from. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and for those listening that I know you already want to buy the book because it's a cookbook and that's great. Do you have a, do you have a culinary background? I do. I'm a professional cook. Um, so I'm currently teaching, uh, cooking classes at a private Italian cooking school in New York. Oh, nice. Now, in that school, do they teach you about cooking with bugs, or is that kind of what you came up with on your own? <laughs> no, that's I came up with that on my own, yeah. That was oh, sort okay. of part of the, part of the research um, portion of the book, yeah. And how many uh, people became subject to tasting bugs for you? Um, <laughs> actually, to be honest, the, t the bug tasting was I had to do solo. I couldn't get anyone to taste bugs <laughs> for me. Uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, but most of the other recipes, um, friends and family were willing and happy to uh, taste them and help me test them. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. All mm -hmm. the bug stuff they leave to yourself. But everything else that looks delicious. Yeah, the sure. Bugs, I'll, yeah, I'm in. The, the bugs definitely leave to myself. In fact, uh, I ordered those bugs because they were de delivered to me live. Um, and, <laughs> and the UPS guy shows up at my door and he like hands me these boxes of live bugs. And he's like, I'm pretty sure there's bugs in here. I was like, yeah, there are. He's like, and they're alive. And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, dude. Like, you take these. I don't know what you're going to do with them. <laughs> you, uh, you just became the weirdest person in New York. Probably. Probably. But anyway, yeah. The UPS so guy's going to switch his route. Yeah, he probably, <laughs> probably would. It's like, what is that crazy lady doing with these bugs? At least you weren't like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to eat these. It's <laughs> I wish That's I had cool. said that, actually. I wish I had been like, yeah, I got, I'm going to eat them. You know, they're going to they're yeah. become food. But yeah, no, I didn't. So, and like, I want to say that too. Like, we were joking before the show. I, I was like, I'm going to come with you when the when the zombie outbreak happens because yeah, I'll get great meals. But really, in the book, it's not just a cookbook. You give some great survival tips on yeah. you know just not only just packing the greatest like survival kit, but also it's not even just about hey, have some mealworm macaroni and cheese. Um, it's it's like, hey, how do you raise mealworms? And you know what I mean? Like you you do a great job at not just, you know, just, it's not just like a, hey, here's a recipe for you. It's a, hey, here's how you forage for food, and this mm -hmm. is what you look for. Like it, it really is a survival cookbook, and I think that it was just really well done, and like the the illustrations are great too in there, and it's just it's a fun read, but it's also. I don't want to say it's very informative, and I don't want to be like, now I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse because that's just weird. But I feel I feel better prepared for it. Well, that is very good to hear, and uh, yeah, I mean, so w when I started researching the book and I was kind of fleshing out the idea, uh, I mean, you know, frequenting zombie boards beforehand and just sort of being a general zombie nerd, I knew that there was this part of the subculture that was like super into prepping. There's a big prepper culture um, in, in the zombie fan world. And when I started writing the book, I just realized how important having those skills would be um, and having those skills in the book would be. 
because, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, go out and, and catch a squirrel and roast it. Um, but it, it, it's, 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 you know, it, it's one thing to say that. And then for a person to actually go and do that, I mean, how do they do that? I can write a recipe for roasted squirrel and say, you know, one squirrel skinned, but then like, you know, where, where does anyone go from there? I had no <laughs> survival skills, um, what to speak of before starting this book. And so, um, I wrote very much with that in mind, writing for people who don't have any any form of survival skills, which is honestly most people, most people probably couldn't even really start a fire with a, like without a lighter, you know? So, so that was sort of my approach to it. Um, coming at it from a place where, you know, very much knowing that I myself didn't have those skills and wanting to share them. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, where did you go to get the research, do research on, uh, survival skills? Well, um, I read a ton of books. Um, I've amassed quite a nice collection of survival books um, through the process, and uh, I, you know, I, I physically like went out and did things. My, I, my backyard in Brooklyn was a constant, uh, in a constant state of activity. Whether I was out there, you know, practicing fire starting or you know, growing food out of like these um, self-irrigating planters that I uh, talk about in the book, and I have instructions for building, or uh, you know what else did I do out there? I was brewing mead and like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff happening. So, um, I basically tried to master as many of the skills as I could, um, learning from people when I could too. Like for instance, all the foraging information, um, comes from this, this fellow named wild man, Steve Brell. And he's a very kooky character who's been doing tours in New York city parks for the last like 30 years. So he will take people out to like prospect park or central park and um, just show them the wild edibles that you can get there, which are plentiful, and you would never know if you didn't know. So, uh, yeah, so so kind of a very multifaceted uh, approach at researching the book. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing too that which is great about the book too, and like I you know like I said, I was reading it on my iPad, and we were joking around like there are plenty of bug recipes <laughs> throughout this book if that's your thing. Um, <laughs> Apparently, you can get live bugs delivered to your house is what I just found out. So if you want to do that, you can. But you know, I was reading and I was like, hey, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, check out this recipe. And uh, I think it was for the like um, the peach cobbler, the peach blueberry cobbler or whatever. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, that sounds pretty good. And it wasn't just – it's not – like I said, it's not just a fun like zombie survival guide. It's also like a, hey, we could make this right now. <laughs> like we, mm-hmm. could, we could try this, you know, and – I think that's a great concept for a book where it's not just, I'm going to read this, like kind of like the, the zombie survival guide. You're going to read it and you'll be like, all right, when it happens, I'm good. But you read it and you're like, hey, I could try this tonight. There are still eggs available in life mm-hmm. <laughs> where I can mm-hmm. cook this, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And uh, hopefully I get some of that cobbler sometime soon. <laughs> uh, already on the plans for me. I have about 20 tabs in the book already for recipes I'm going to try oh. in the next few weeks. So. There you go. When the in-laws come over, you pull out this book, and like, if you really want to freak them out, it's like, all right, so I have this tab here for the crickets, and uh, oh, you know, we can go through here. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. We're going to do the stir-fry one, and you're going to love it. <laughs> and that'd be a great way to just make them sweat a little bit, and then, you know, oh, yeah. maybe like bet them or something, and they can do dishes after. But uh, <laughs> I, that's a really good point. Like, I really want to try a lot of these recipes, but um, we keep coming back to the bug thing. You mentioned you had the bugs. Did they mm-hmm. taste good? Honestly, they did. Good. Um, no. You know, I mean, like, okay, they're bugs. Bah. And and really, I have to be honest, it took me a good... Well, first of all, like, killing the bugs wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, only because... Uh, 
there are lots of ways you can go about killing bugs, but the most humane way to do it, if you are able to, is to just freeze them because they sort of fall asleep and then die, which is what I did. So, you know, I was like loading them into my freezer, apologizing profusely to these bugs. I'm, like, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to eat you, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> so I put them in the freezer and then um, made the recipes. And then when it came time to actually taste them, you know, there was definitely like a couple moments of hesitation there where I'm just staring at this bowl of bugs. And I'm like, okay, I have to eat these now because I'd never eaten bugs before. Um, and so um, the mealworms, um, mealworms are actually quite benign and, um, you know, f- fairly bland. I mean, they've got a bit of a nutty flavor to them. The texture <laughs> isn't, isn't terrible. It's sort of like, um, it's, it's, they've got like sort of like not an overly chewy texture, but like a nice little, a nice little chewiness to them. Um, and they That's were entirely, great. yeah, they were entirely <laughs> like entirely fine to eat. Um, and mixed in with like a fried rice, you wouldn't even know they were there. Um, the crickets were a little different. Um, they, they, they actually really didn't taste like much at all. Um, they tasted like all the flavor that I got from them came from like the seasonings and stuff that I put on them. Um, and roasting crickets or like hard shelled, um, insects is really the best way to go because they can be quite toothsome and roasting them just makes them really crunchy. Um, Mm-hmm. So, so the, the the hardest part about the crickets was just like their little eyes staring up at you, like their little faces. So <laughs> those ones... <laughs> <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, please just look away. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Look away. Look away. So I like. I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes and just like popped them in my mouth. Um, but yeah, they were fairly they were fairly palatable too. I really I have to I have to be honest. There was like there are grosser and harder bugs to eat there out there. I chose the easier ones um, to sort of the most what I felt would be the most approachable uh, mm. for readers and for myself and having to make them. So yeah, cool. Well, I yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you continue with the with the bugs thing, but but on that line, like, were there any recipes that you were you were going after that? didn't quite make the cut for the book that, you know, didn't pass like either the, the taste or, or the, um, the prepper rules of being actually able to find ingredients during the apocalypse. Like, mm-hmm. was there any recipes like that that didn't make the cut? Well, there actually, there were a lot of recipes that didn't make the cut. Um, mostly for length reasons. I wrote, mm-hmm. uh, I wrote a book that is twice as long as the book that was published and that the book that was published is already pretty long. So, um, we had to cut a lot of things just for, just for length purposes. Um, but yeah, certainly in going through the recipe testing process, um, there were lots of recipes that just sort of, once I did them, I was like, eh, this isn't so great. I mean, I did have a lot of trouble with the ingredients in the, um, cooking in a well-stocked safe house chapter, just because you're dealing with, you know, dehydrated freeze-dried foods. Um, a lot of them aren't all that tasty. And so it was a matter of just sort of figuring out, um, what the strengths for each ingredient were and sort of trying to play those up as much as possible. Um, so yeah, there were a bunch of recipes there where, that I worked when I was working with like, you know, freeze dried cubed beef or like chicken. <laughs> um, and that, those kind of things where I was just like, eh, this is not great. I'm not, you know, this is not going to make it. But I think at the, in the end though, I ended up with recipes that I felt like, uh, you know, for the most part, um, are tasty. I mean, that's the other thing too, is that, there are certainly recipes in there that most people are like, yeah, I want to make this at home. This is totally awesome. I can do this um, with ingredients that, you know, I have on hand. I don't necessarily have to go out and get like freeze dried uh, blueberries or whatever for the right. cobbler, for example. But um, 
you know, there's sort of like a, a loose narrative going on with the book where it's, it's a variety of different scenarios that one might find themselves in in an apocalypse, whether it's hold up in your apartment at the beginning of the apocalypse or like foraging uh, out in the wild or at an army camp or what have you. And so um, the, the recipes do vary quite a lot, I think, based on the situation. Um, and, and as a result, you know, like you, Twinkie trifles, probably not on everyone's I must eat this before I die list, but <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah. Cool. So if you had to pick, if I, if I was like, all right, name one recipe on this entire book that you think I should try tomorrow, mm-hmm. like your favorite recipe and try and keep it bug free for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can get mealworms, I guess, if I have to, but no, um, what, what recipe would be your favorite or, you know, what, what has been the most popular among people that you may try it? That's a good question. Um, my most favorite recipe would probably be different than I think the one that everyone would really just love. Um, and that one is the Overnight of the Living Dead uh, French Toast. I'm pretty sure it's like the first recipe in the book because um, that yeah, is – Yeah, because I, wa- I-, I wanted to eat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean so that's something that – the, the premise um, for that recipe being that you're holed up in your apartment. You're, the power just went off and you have to use up ingredients. And so, uh, yeah. I mean it's just a really tasty French toast recipe. Um, yeah. So that's definitely one I think that most people will enjoy. That's good. I, I mean, it sounds delicious. I almost made it when I first read the book. <laughs> I, th- I think I went through the first chapter where they where they started talking menus and or uh, recipes, and I went, "All right, I'm going to stop and make this, <laughs> and then I'll be back." But uh, you also do stuff with with MREs too, which is pretty neat. Now, is that like a whole like uh, I didn't read too much into that, but is that like you're taking MREs and trying to make something out of them? Yeah, exactly. So. MREs, that, that was probably one of my favorite chapters of the book, just because the research going into it, like learning about MREs, learning about their history um, was, is really cool. And, um, and so the components of an MRE, in every MRE, there's an entree, there's a side dish, there's like a bready kind of snack thing, and there's like, you know, a variety of other little components. But um, <clears throat> my idea for that chapter was that, you know, imagine you're at an army camp and they're feeding you MREs every day. Um, you know, eventually you're going to get quite sick of them. There's only uh, 12 different um, dishes or 12 different MRE packages. So they would be 12 different entrees, basically. And so the idea was just like taking different components from different menus and just like putting them together to make something new, um, which is where the Zompocalypse uh, party mix comes in. And like there's a, there's a magical layer bar um, that puts together a bunch of different components. Um, so, Yeah. Good. That's pretty cool. Now, the book, you said the book's available now. Where can you get this book? Oh, you can get it. Um, lots of places. So, uh, you know, Amazon um, has it in Canada, Indigo Chapters. You can get it there. Um, you can get it online also at places like Powell's. Um, and basically, I mean, any bookstore you care to go into, if they don't have it, they can easily order it for you as well. So Perfect. you're saying I can go to Barnes & Noble and say, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I would like to order The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse, a cookbook and culinary survival guide. And they'll yeah. say, sure. Yes. And in fact, Barnes & Noble, prob- well, depending on where you live, but Barnes & Noble carries that. So they may already have nice. it in store. Yeah. Cool. And it's also available on Kindle as well, right? Yep, it is. Yep, okay. ebook version available, which I actually have not seen yet. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're enjoying it on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun read. It, it really is. And 
I just want to say again, like, uh, awesome job. Like, it's just, it, it was such a good, it was a different type of take on zombie content than what I'm so used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, it was really fun. It was enjoyable. And I can't wait to try most of the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Except for the bugs, right? Well, Except, right. yeah, I'm not going to eat the bugs. I may make someone else eat the bugs. Well, <laughs> Like if I if I was in a cooking class or if I was teaching one like you were and I was writing a sequel to this book I'd be like hey class try initiation these, try no. these cupcakes <laughs> yeah they're but cricket filled great yeah right all right well before we get you out of here I mean we we do have something else we want to talk about and you you actually have something you you would like to bring up so we're gonna go right into our next segment here and uh, it's our new favorite one. <laughs> It's also epic. It's Ryan goes to the movies. Yeah. And uh, so each week we make Ryan pick an old school classic zombie movie or not classic or old school. Wait, I get to pick? No, we pick. Oh, okay. I was going to say. You have to watch. I wouldn't have picked this one. And this one was uh, 1979's Zombie, a classic zombie Italian movie. Um, right. One of the one of the first, I think, zombie movies, isn't it? No, but well, it's, one of the, 1979. One of the first mainstream zombie movies, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first films made popular here in America by Fulci, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, you're were a huge fan of this movie. Um, <laughs> parts of it. No, it, it's a. Uh, it's maybe like an hour too long. Um, <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Seriously, like it's weird. Like there's a Isn't lot of it filler. Like an hour and a half long. Yes, exactly. There's about and there's about a half hour of of truly interesting stuff. Like, um, oh, first and foremost, you, you mentioned the name was Zombie. It took the reason we didn't have a show last week is that it took me two weeks to find it because it's also <laughs> referred to as Zombie Two, Zombie Flesh Eaters, and Zombie. You try googling Zombie trying to find a movie so you can watch this thing, um, you get a lot of other stuff come up. Like, I don't know, Wikipedia articles for zombie. But no, I did eventually get my hands on it. Um, but yeah, there's like so much like setup that leads nowhere. And I don't understand. Like, I think the main character is like looking for her dad or finds out her dad's boat has like this fat zombie man on it for some reason. And everybody, it's all dubbed. Is it dubbed? I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah, the dubbing was so weird, right? Yeah. Like, it seemed like some people were dubbed and then other people weren't. I didn't. I, I was very confused by that. Yeah. I think in the original European, there's some people that are speaking Italian, and mm-hmm. there are some people that are speaking English, and they just use subtitles for both uh, versions. And when they brought the American version over, I think they took away all the subtitles and just dubbed everybody in the same language. So mm-hmm. it looks weird at certain points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's based in. There's like a couple scenes in New York. Basically, the the start and end, which was also weird, and, and the rest was shot in in Rome in Italy, um, according to Wikipedia. I mean, it's not like I know this stuff offhand, uh, but it was. It was interesting, like, the parts that I... The, let's focus on the stuff that I liked. Like, the stuff that I liked, um, the zombie makeup was fantastic. The music was creepy. You don't... Like, filmmakers don't go back to that, like, 80s music, even though it works so well in this film. It's so creepy, you know? 
and you just know stuff's going to happen. It's not like today where it's all like Michael Bay, bombastic John Williams stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, the makeup was fantastic. Great use of worms. Um, speaking of eating bugs. Where are we going with this show? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, it was a great use of worms, like filling eye sockets, filling mouths and zombies. It was really mm-hmm. gross. Was this the one? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this in forever, and I remember the infamous mm-hmm. scenes, but is this the one where the eyeball through the thing? The, yes. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was, was gross and I do. Awful. Go ahead. Well, I was just yeah, going to say, I, I watched a trailer for it, and they, they kind of... You know how trailers these days like to spoil the best moments. They have yeah. the eye scene in it, but they cut the gross out. So it just, it's all off camera. So you're like, you know what's yeah. happening. It's gross. But then in the movie, they show it. And yeah. it's typical like 80s fashion where it, they use physical props and it looks so mm. disturbing. Yeah. I uh, do have uh, two fun facts for you though. Mm-hmm. This movie, I just found these on IMDb. And it says, like many Italian horror films of the time, half the cast spoke English and the other half only hey. Italian. Mm. Oh, okay. That's mm. what I thought. Which yeah. is pretty funny because they said that um, some of it was dubbed and some of it was not dubbed. <laughs> yeah. The... They just kind of gave up. <laughs> they were like, eh. <laughs> the, the main cop, or no, 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 sorry. The main reporter lined up most of the time. I, I might be wrong, but he seemed like his lines were all good. But it, it, it to me, at first, I thought it was all like, they just had really shitty cameras and they did all the VO because sometimes it would line up and sometimes it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, yeah, the, the, it didn't. Once I realized it wasn't like a mistake, I stopped paying attention to it and just kind of like it didn't bother me anymore. But yeah, like there was just a lot of weird story filler where I, I like there was something going on in the jungle. They didn't really explain where the zombies were coming from, although like the locals thought it was voodoo, which I guess yeah. is fine. Um and yeah, it was it was weird, and obviously the infamous shark scene okay, that, that Lou mentioned—that's what I was waiting for. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, uh, <laughs> it was weird. It must be an Italy thing where people go scuba diving without the top on. Um, I like, do that all the time. I don't. Well, well, I guess I do, but <laughs> it's different. Obviously, I should say that it was a woman scuba diving, taking pictures, which. Awesome. That was an awesome camera that she had. It even matched her goggles. I thought that was pretty fantastic. But it is Italy, so I mean... Is that you know. what you were thinking when you were watching this movie? They're very fashion-focused. <laughs> your camera matches your goggles. Well, I did it not? Like it was movie. Maybe it's just yellow is the color of waterproof. I don't know. But I just I thought that was interesting. And then like the shark shows up, and I'm like, where are they going with this? Like, Did, 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 like, did Steven Spielberg lend them the Jaws like <laughs> right. shark to use? And they're like, we got to find this for something, guys. And... And then the zombie shows up, and at first Lou was saying, like, yeah, there's a zombie versus shark scene, and, and at first it's like, this, it's just two things in the same vicinity, and nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> and then the zombie grabs the shark and or bites the shark or something, and then it was like, oh, okay, interesting. It just kind of, like, latched on. And then there's literally, like, a fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, round it two, fight. And it takes forever to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't now, know. It was good. Lauren, it, Lauren, you have a you have a special <laughs> you you have a special spot in your in your heart for the for the shark scene, don't you? <laughs> I do, I do. It's actually one of my favorite um, zombie movie moments. I think of all time. I have to say, I, I agree. I don't think the movie's 
terribly good. Um, it's, but I feel like it's also one of those things that's like so bad that it makes it a little more like fun and, you know, kitschy and charming. Mm -hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, as a side note, I would say that, uh, I think that maybe like 90% of zombie movies are bad. Like they're just, it's just, there's a lot of not great stuff in the, in the genre in general. But that said, um, (laughs) the, the zombie versus shark scene, I remember seeing it for the first time and just like being incredulous because I'm watching this scene unfold and I'm like, okay, wait a second. This is a real human being and this is a real shark and they're interacting and like, how is this happening? And how is this allowed to happen? Like, <laughs> like, what is going on? So the background story on it is that it is, well, I mean, you know, it was filmed in 1979. So, you know, CGI wasn't really a thing yet. And it, it very much was a real, a real actor and a real shark. And what they did is uh, they pumped the shark full of tranquilizers, fed him a bunch of horse meat and then put them in a tank and filmed the scene. <laughs> um, which I thought was like that's just that's just that that would that would never happen today. So no, not yeah, at all. That's, true. that's a really good point. That, I was thinking that yeah. as well. Like that's a real shark. Okay, now that's a fake shark. Like he's just bear hugging like a life size pillow <laughs> or something. And you know, it, but they, they they switch it out every once in a while, and it, and and uh, it was really tough to see when it was a real shark and when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure at the point where the shark bites, like takes the zombie's hand off or tries to, it doesn't quite disconnect. That's the real shark, like mm-hmm. chewing yeah. on a fake arm. And I thought that yeah. was like, it's like, man, if PETA exists back in the 80s and they, you know, got around to seeing this flick. I'm pretty sure that this film inspired many of their protests. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the girl was topless, right? So it makes sense. <laughs> Didn't they have like a weird topless protest? Anyways. Um, <laughs> but I mean, who, how crazy is this dude who willingly filmed this scene with the shark? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, let's not even, like, like, that's a good point, like, the (laughs) scuba diver at least had, like, the tank to defend herself with, the zombie is just, he's got a fake arm, like, other than that, how is he going to defend himself against Uh, a shark? uh, But that's a really good point. I just like the fact, I like the fact that in in Lauren's book, it says, there's a part where it's talking about, you know, Maine isn't really that safe either, because if zombies can swim, you might be in trouble, and it's like, see zombies versus shark. <laughs> like you wrote about it in your book. That's yeah, I did. It. I did. I really do have a soft spot for that for that scene. It was just, uh, it was ridiculous. It's definitely one of my favorite zombie pop culture things for sure. Mm-hmm. And actually jumping back to um, the conversation before about the, the, t- the movie having many different titles, like Fulci is kind of renowned for doing that. He releases his <laughs> movies with like in different geographical areas with different names. So uh, it's not surprising that you had our time finding it, but the zombie two title, so uh, Z-O-M-B-I two, was actually uh, his attempt to sort of ride the coattails of Night of the Living Dead because Night of the Living Dead was re- released as zombie in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just called it zombie two. There is He never made a zombie one. He was just trying to imply that this was like the oh, second yeah. installment of the Night of the Living Dead series and sort of just ride on that. That's pretty shady. Yeah. <laughs> like this Fulci guy sounds sounds like so he needs smart. to be locked up. Like that's pretty crazy thing. Because I remember that. Because I remember something about that where they like he wrote the movie before it came out and like they were almost done and then and then that movie came out and he's like, all right, Zombie Two, yep. let's do it. <laughs> let's do that's, this. That's fine. We'll just steal this. Now, Lauren, if you had to if you had to recommend a movie for Ryan to watch, I mean any zombie movie whatsoever. What what do you think you should make him watch? Great question. Mm. Um. Hmm. 
have a movie I've seen recently. It didn't get great critical acclaim, but I really did enjoy it because it's fun and just like lighthearted and enjoyable. Is a movie called Life After Beth. Oh, we talked about that once. We, we have did. talked about that. We have not seen that yet, though. Mm. Okay, it's definitely worth a watch with Obi Obi Plaza, who um, is in the show Parks and Rec. Uh, she does a really great job in it. It's a fun movie. It's 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 a lighthearted, fun, easy zombie watch for sure. Cool. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say zombie strippers, and we just watched that one not too long ago. <laughs> oh, God. So. I haven't seen that. Don't. Oh, don't. Don't see okay. it. No. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, if you want to. Well, it's just, it, if yeah. We talked about it at length. Was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. I, like, blocked it out of my memory, to yeah, be no, honest. No, no. <laughs> That was, that was punishment, yeah. Ryan. That was punishment. Yeah, for liking the zombie. F- I, I agree with you, Lauren, in this. In my opinion, that like ninety percent. This doesn't change the fact that I love zombies, but ninety percent of zombie movies that come out are terrible, and yeah. the ones that are good, like a good percentage of it, is terrible. But uh, they've sort of proved me wrong by giving me like softballs that are actually you know <laughs> early really good zombie flicks. Um, and then I was like, yeah, these are really good. When are you guys going to give me, like, I know there's terrible zombie movies. And I had literally <laughs> immediately bit my tongue because then they said zombie strippers. And Oops. I'll never look at Robert England the same way again. <laughs> so That's great. That's one I know exists but I haven't watched. But one that I keep hearing from people, from many different people, I kind of put into the same category in my mind as zombie strippers where I was like, I'm never going to watch that, mm-hmm. is um, Dead Snow. Do you guys know Dead Snow? Yeah, that one's actually really good. Yes, this is what I keep hearing. And and I don't know, the premise of, like, Nazi zombies to me just sounds preposterous, and I don't want to, like, it's like I have no interest in it. But I've heard from too many people now that it's quite good, so I'm going to watch that. Yeah, 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 it's it's got a it's got an Evil Dead vibe to it, you know, being okay. in the in, oh, okay. in a cabin. It's another it's another subtitle. I think it's subtitled. It's not. I may have watched a. I can't remember. Lou, it, you might. There's two versions. There's yeah. a, there is a subtitled version and there is an English version. I believe because it's Norwegian, okay. right? Th- yeah. Yes, and yeah, I like think it. I think the Netflix version is dubbed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think that's how. It, but I mean, don't get don't get us wrong. If you have to pick between zombie strippers and dead snow, you're gonna pick zombie strippers. No, <laughs> no, you're not. But, you're not. <laughs> I mean, other than that, yeah, watch dead snow. Bob, no, what did I tell you about being nice to our guests? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. She's trying to make me eat mealworms, Ryan. <laughs> wow, it was more suggestion. You're literally trying to force her to watch zombie strippers. That's true. I'll if you watch zombie strippers, I will eat a mealworm. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's the deal, dude. That's the deal. I don't know if I should have made that deal. You should. That's recorded. It's happening. So if Lauren proves she watches zombie strippers, Stop Stop you have to eat. Show. Now, well, Lauren, we do want to thank. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get into our next segment. We don't want to spoil it for you. We know you're not caught up with The Walking Dead. You've been I too know, busy cooking. Shameful. I know. Yeah. Well, you've been so busy cooking all these great meals that you haven't mm-hmm. had time to catch up. Okay. So it's true. Yeah, yeah. We we really want to thank you for for coming on the show, and for those listening, you know, once again, it's the art of eating through the zombie apocalypse, a cookbook and culinary survival guide. It is available on Amazon, paperback, Kindle edition. Go to Barnes and Noble and request it. If they don't have it, get it in there. And uh, it, it is an awesome read. And uh, we just want to thank you again for taking the time to come on our show. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And it's always great to talk to other zombie fans. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's been a real treat. Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere else on the internet that the that the fine people can find you, Lauren? Twitter or what? Yeah, what have I'm you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram um, at Lauren Does This, 
And uh, you can check me out on my personal website, laurenmwilson.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll have to have you back on once you've caught up with Walking Dead. You'll have to let us know and we can get your thoughts. I would love to. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much, Lauren. We're going to go welcome. ahead and spoil one of your favorite shows. So uh, <laughs> okay. I, would, I would duck out of here if I were you. And, okay. Uh, thanks again for coming on. And uh, good luck to everyone else eating mealworms out there. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 All right, gentlemen. Sweet deal. It is now time. I've never, I've never transitioned into a show. <laughs> it's time for Bob to eat mealworms. What? Yeah, I hope that doesn't ever happen. Oh, when she comes back on, she's gonna have proof that she watches zombie strippers. <laughs> I know, right? She'll have a. That'll be great. But we got, we got important stuff to talk about, guys. We've, we've been off for two weeks. This oh. is, a, or, or one week. We missed a week. We did miss a week. We and it was because we were trying to gather our thoughts because, uh, because the, that episode was kind of lame. Shh. Oh, what are you talking? About? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna break it down. Let's get into uh, season five's Walking Dead uh, episodes four and five. Abraham, hey, what are you hey. doing? Stop! Hey, Abraham, I told him. I'm not gonna let you do this. Yes, you are. Hey, you are done. You are done. Do not. Do not. Stop. I told you. Abraham, you do not stop. touch me. You do not touch me. Alive? Not a scientist. I don't know how to stop it. So quiet. Did we lose Bob? Time. You need to take your. Your mic off of mute. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you just got right. so flustered with those worms discussion. I can't stop thinking about it. Combined with you know the the zombie. <laughs> oh wait, we never decided. Like, am I watching? Oh, uh, am oh, I yeah, watching? You're watching the original Dawn of the Dead. Okay, dude, I can't even do the show. I might have to leave because I might have to eat a mealworm. Well, I I think we we illustrated how bad Zombie Strippers was, and. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't get to watch Life After Beth. We should add that to the list at the very least. Remember, Bob, we have to be nice to our guests and occasionally nice to Ryan. <laughs> no, that'll never happen. Oh. So, but we got two episodes to talk about. As I was saying, when no one could hear me. <laughs> yeah, you had this you know, deep thought, but we couldn't hear it. <laughs> just, I just wanted to let it, I wanted that clip to settle in for everyone. Yeah, I was like, really mm, it wasn't wow, even that, that great was... a clip. I mean, like, that, that, I mean, it was an all right clip. It was very visual. It was uh, mostly yelling. It yeah, was mostly mostly, yelling. let's be honest. It was yelling. Yeah, so let's talk first. So we'll, we'll go back in time, and we'll talk about episode four. Gonna go back in time. Okay, now we're done. Let's talk about episode five. No, no, no. <laughs> episode four was more... Lou and I so, were discussing this prior, and it was the be- it was the, the dreaded Beth episode. Yeah. And we as I, we were talking about it. It's like, yeah, it's a character setup. It's, it's a whole oh, new yeah. cast of characters minus Beth. And uh, it makes sense that the whole episode set some things in motion, but didn't really get anywhere fast. No, it's yeah. very slow, but it's it's there to establish a new villain. They've killed off the hunters. I don't even now, think it's a new villain. It's it's more or less just like a a different scenario of survival. And and I and I really like when like last season when the Walking did Walking did 
when The Walking Dead did the whole virus uh, sickness thing, it was just a nice offshoot to kind of experience something different in the in the world of Walking Dead. And I and I think I really do believe that with how this progressed, it's it's just an it's just one of those like here's another scenario, here's another right. thing that's going on. Like why do you even need a spinoff? Let's just do spinoffs during the seasons. And they're, they're kind of doing it, but at the same time, you guys, like you said, the episode was slow, but it wasn't bad slow. No, no, it wasn't. I didn't. It's, it's, it's the like same. I didn't enjoy it. Well, <laughs> like I, I liked it. It's the same issue we had in season two when, or not just season two, but all the seasons where you're telling three different stories and you're more invested in, in what's going on with Rick, you know, or right. with Abraham, uh, stuff like that. We don't necessarily, not that we don't like Beth, it's just that like, the other stories are more interesting, but I think by the end of this, you're you're like, oh crap! I I actually do care what Beth's going right. on, you know. You do, and like and like I said this before, where you know I hate, I kind of hate when they do three different stories. Sure. But I was talking to a coworker today, and mm-hmm. um, I said, "Do you watch The Walking Dead?" He said, "No," and I said, "Well, this is gonna be weird for you." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like he's a huge he's a huge fan, and I said, "You know, normally I hate the split storytelling." Mm-hmm. But right now, the season is going so fast that I actually don't mind it. Like, I, I kind of enjoy the little bit of break from the Rick right now and then getting that, you know, getting that Beth in there and, you know, learning about what happened to her. And for me, too, as a comic book reader, to find something completely out of context was really fun because, like, I had no idea what was coming. Sure. You know? Right. And, like, and I was just saying, the, the, my big thing is, is it's lining up new characters. It's a new scenario that none of us are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we don't know where this is going. We don't yeah. know if some of these people are going to end up joining the group or if there's going to be a fight. Right. Or exactly. what's going to happen. And it, it yeah. makes and sense that, how they said that. That doesn't all. happen very often with the show. We kind of knew where Terminus was going from things about the comic. We right. knew where the, when the Hunters became the Hunters, we were like, oh, they're the Hunters. Okay. Yeah. And now it's like, who are these people? Are they good? Are they bad? Uh, it, it And the other thing, too, is so Beth wakes up in a hospital bed and they supposedly rescued her. I right. wasn't aware she needed rescuing. Yeah, I don't think she was. Well, like, I, the, way they, sure she, the way they You never know because they cut to Daryl at one point and she was already in the car. Right. They cut to Daryl, but they cut to somebody grabbing her. Well, here's the thing, too. We, we met one of the main characters you guys were talking about is um, – was, uh, I think his name is Gorman, but he gives off some strange vibes. Oh, is that That's when we saw you. Don't you ever do that again. That's when we saw you. Wriggling in the road. You don't remember me, huh? I was fat and walker. And then everything went black. Yeah. One was high on your thighs when we showed up. But I got there first. He's creepy. <laughs> it, it's funny. I have to... I love what our Facebook uh, people are <laughs> right. doing, and that they've latched onto the fact that that I can't remember names. And yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It's awesome. <laughs> and I, uh, I just thought it was, I hadn't even watched the episode yet. I had a bit of a crazy week last week, and um, I saw a photo, and it was like uh, for visual reference, Ryan, and it's it's the officer, and it says Officer Rapey or Officer Mick Rapey. Mick Rapey, yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. Like, I am yeah. so glad that uh, that someone they're just trying to help you out. Right? I, I know, and and it's funny. Like now they've ran with it, and I don't even have to come up with 
shitty nicknames. Yeah. The listeners are coming up with better ones than I could on the fly. But right. uh, so, I really appreciate that. Yeah, right? Yeah, you guys are the best. And yeah. You come up with those names. And uh, give Ryan a few, too. But, no, like, you, like so you meet Beth, like, in this hospital, and you, you get the weird vibe from, from Gorman uh, right away. Yep. Then you meet, uh, what's her face, that chick, that's crazy chick. Um, um, I can't remember her name now. I can't think of her name, but she's the police officer. And the she's, the, she's in charge. Yeah. yeah. And, like, so things are being run pretty weird there. And then there's this really nice doctor, but he gives you these weird vibes, too. And, well, like, you like, they, go ahead. So I was going to say, so they, she gets rescued. They tell her she's going to be okay. But they tell her that because she they rescued her and because they gave her medical attention, she owes them. Yeah. That right. she has to work off their help. Yeah. And my first thought was, so now we have indentured servitude. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You can all Google that later. I know I will. Um, uh, It's not – sorry. That was actually a really good point and I I ruined it. I I apologize. But – that's it, all right. It's it's actually a really interesting setup, and and in a perfect world makes a lot of sense. But then you know we meet uh, the janitor. Everybody, as Lou put it, and as many people put it on Facebook, uh, everybody hates the janitor. It's the <laughs> you don't even recognize the kid. He's the guy. He's he's basically Chris Rock from everybody. Well, he is Chris Rock from everybody. Yeah. hates Chris. Yeah, and, and I I know that we discussed in news headlines he was going to be in this season. Did we really? Uh, yeah, we did. Okay, uh, like like. Six months ago, I think, that it was discussed he was going to be in the show. Right. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh, that's him. And then he speaks. And he has a really deep voice now. And I went <laughs> – I was like, whoa. Well, yeah. I mean everybody hates Chris would have been, man, like six years ago. Maybe, yeah. Maybe farther. God, I'm old. Um, yep. <laughs> but it, it was an interesting setup where he's like – he's one of the people that – that she can relate to in the sense that he's been there long and and he basically says like yeah i've been here and i'll be here forever like i'm planning my escape because they're never going to let me leave like i'm always in debt i have to eat i have to i need medical attention i need food water and every time i i have a meal i'm further in debt like obviously cleaning right. the floors isn't better than a grilled cheese sandwich that i'm getting or whatever right, right. but uh it's it's interesting that she can you know, immediately latch on to him and be like, oh, so if I don't try to escape, that's where I'm going to be. You know, I'm going right. to be here forever. And he even sheds light on the fact that the leadership is is using this. Um, how did you put it, Lou? The fancy way. Indentured, Indentured servitude. servitude. Right. Indentured right. servitude. Go to, go to school. <laughs> Indentured servitude. Um, no, I'm just joking. That uh, <laughs> in that. Um, I lost my point. I was trying to be funny and I lost my point. Oh, that the leadership is 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 evil and corrupt and that they're keeping people there against their will by basically guilting them into it by saying like, yeah, we helped you and we're continuing to help you. So you need to work off your debt. And it's it starts to – you start to realize that like, oh, right, everybody's evil in this universe. You know, like not even well, the good cop is a well, good cop. <laughs> well, it, well, that's true. But the thing too is, is – it. It's a weird sort of indentured servitude. Mm-hmm. In the co- in, in, without going too far back into history and explaining the concept of indentured servitude, basically, <laughs> you, they, you're not supposed to be a slave. Yeah. But you uh, owe so much, you're going to be a slave because you'll right. never be able to pay off the debt. And in this is an American history the, thing, isn't it? 
no, I believe I it's a know. European history thing. See, I know um, I, we never did world history, but um, no, I, I agree. Like, it, it makes it makes sense that it's present in this world because it's like, well, resources are scarce, and we could have easily kicked you to the curb, and you would have died. But well, but the thing too is, is how much trouble was she? And if she says she doesn't remember, and someone snagged her over the back of the head, then. Did she really even need to be there? And it doesn't look like they did much to help her. She's not that sick. Well, that's the right. thing is that if if it was, uh, you say Gordon, or well, okay, I'll just call him what yeah. the Facebook listeners want me to call him. Uh, if Officer McRapey was the one that brought her in, then maybe you're right, Lou. The theory that she didn't actually need help and he just wanted another, you know another female on staff to push around and and we even saw that too like and right. you know and that sort of like starts to um, on top of what everybody hates the janitor was saying unravel this mystery and that you know the cop in charge is losing control because officer McRapey is like using his power to take advantage of people that are there like uh and you even see that with the doctor you know the doctor right. is is protecting himself as the only doctor there um, the the, right. the doctor and uh, the janitor are kind of the only two people that really kind of embrace her as being there, and she takes up being basically sort of the doctor's nurse. Sure. And then what ends up happening is she gives a, a he tells her to give a patient a certain type of medication, which she does, and if you follow along. She gives him exactly what the doctor tells her to take, and the guy dies mm-hmm. because yeah. of a because of an allergic reaction to the medicine. And yeah. the janitor goes ahead and takes the blame for it. And he gets pretty badly wrapped. Um, but yeah. but you know, goes to show you how scared these people are when they're there, though. Right. And what they what they can and can't do. And like he gets badly beaten and he still doesn't want to leave. You know what I mean? Like right. he's it's it's weird to think about a world like that where you're you're paying your life to like serve these people and it's just it's it's so crazy to me that these two bad people can hold down this place and just make it living hell for everyone. But <clears throat> I will say my my the the weakest point for me is that this is a hospital. And they supposedly there's lots of people there, but they never introduce you to a bunch of people. Mm. You see a couple of police people in uniform, but the only ones you're introduced to is Officer McRapey, the chick that's in charge, <laughs> and the doctor. And you <laughs> we don't are really so s- bad with names. <laughs> I yes, think it's because are. you know people. Do, we don't want to get too attached to these characters, right? Yeah, like we were so yeah. upset when Bob died. Once we actually you know came to know who he was, learned his name. They just they kill him off. So I mean, yes, exactly. You know what, listeners? It, if you're it, paying attention, you're probably realizing that as soon as we learn somebody's name, they they're die. on the chop. AMC is yeah, listening. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, zombies ate my podcast crew. We're getting too attached to Bob. Kill him off." They're not calling him boozy anymore. No, well, that's the thing too. And like the big, the biggest shocks in that episode, obviously, is um, Beth trying to escape with everybody hates Chris, and um, they. The weirdest chain of events is like one of them can't run and one of them can, and all of a sudden he gets out and she doesn't, mm-hmm. and she's got that weird Beth like smile on her face at the end when she gets kind of captured right before she's about to escape, right? And yeah. uh, she's just so happy that she got him out, you know, that she doesn't right. even care. It shows you you forgot what a good character Beth was, like an actual good person in this whole 
you know, screwed up scenario of a post-apocalyptic world, which is great. But then the biggest shock is at the very end where she's like, you know, she's all pissy with the, the, the leader chick there. And all of a sudden Carol comes in on a stretcher. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, again, we, we know that Carol and Daryl, uh, you know, power couple as they are, went off yep. on their own chasing after the, uh, the car with the cross on the back. Uh, and, and we don't know what happened after that. And obviously something happened to Carol that, that they found her now. Or we, uh, I, sorry, I, you guys I, go ahead. I, I think I we were about Bobby, to say the same thinking thing. thinking the same thing I'm thinking? Yes. <laughs> we don't even have to say it, Lou. We'll just leave Ryan in suspense. No, I, I'm thinking the same thing. It, that no, you're she, not. She, oh. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, she's, it's a setup, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we can go back and we talked about, hey, who did Daryl have with him in the, in the woods when he came back out? Uh, it could have been that kid, right? Like, who knows? Um, right. But we, I think we all feel like there's nothing really wrong with Carol. Maybe they found that kid. He explained to him what happened. And now that's Carol's way of getting in there, you know? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. It's an interesting setup, and, and obviously it's it's a way to to kind of ease our minds. Like, oh, Beth's back in the hospital. Great. Now we're just going to get keep getting this, like, treadmill storyline where she like tries to escape tries to escape and fails and fails not to say that the characters are interesting at the hospital the doctor is very interesting the way that uh, the power struggle between you know officer mcrapey i I feel really bad saying that over and over again but man if you watch the episode he is he is like jack nicholson's joker without the makeup it was (laughs) that guy was just is really good at playing the type of character he's trying to play but um I I felt as though those characters were interesting and um but Bob you're right like the 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 landscape of the hospital felt very empty and with yeah. officer McRapey taken out uh, and the way he was taken out like I don't know did the one girl kill herself the yeah uh, yeah yeah. Okay. yeah she did she wanted to from the very beginning and she yeah so uh one of his victims uh, tried to escape and they had to end up sawing her arm off which was gross and she wanted to kill herself just because she didn't feel like living in a world where she was back being subjected to whatever punishments this place was was doling out. And uh, Beth like sort of seduces Officer McRapey, and that was a really tough scene to watch. It's just it was yeah. gross. And then when again, cheer for the weirdest reasons in this show, uh, and it, and it kind of makes me seem like a bad person. But when when Officer McRapey got killed, I was like, yeah. You go, zombie girl. No, that's what you're supposed to do. I know, that the but whole point. people who don't understand don't... what I'm doing probably... That guy just got eaten. You're yeah, no, you're right, though. And there's there's people that you want to see go. And I, I feel like the hospital thing isn't going to be a huge thing to me. I, I think I, it's, it's going to be... We've got, what, three more episodes before mid-season? Yes. Yeah. And I, I think this will be, be a three-episode arc. And really? this will, oh. and this, th- th- this, they're going to stretch this out for three episodes. Ah, I, I think. I, well, you're okay. always right, so now I think it's going to happen. Okay, well, yeah, Lou is always <laughs> See, right. I figured, I figured a couple things that I'm not going to say because it's comic book related, but like I figured it would just be next episode and then the one afterwards and the last episode would be all them together again and then something else happening, but um, I could see why. And, um, I don't. I want to get too focused on four because we also have to talk about five. But it was definitely it was definitely a, a slower episode, but still very good. 
but I don't I don't see the hospital crew really lasting very long, especially if Carol's in there. Well, once once they got rid of um, she, Officer McRapey uh, in probably uh, one of the most poetically justice way, uh, right, right. It, it kind of like it it removes the biggest obstacle there because now like the cop that's in charge, like they didn't really introduce any other characters. So we can only assume, but now the cop in charge sort of has a, a, a stronger hold. She doesn't have to be nearly as crazy, um, to hold on to power. The, the doctor did do something bad, but you can't blame him for the situation. He was protecting himself. And well, the thing is, is the thing is, is so he has Beth give the, uh, 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 he has Beth give the wrong medicine yeah. so that um, he kills another doctor. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, when the, when the, you're in his thought is, is that if there's another doctor there, they won't need me anymore. Right. But he needs that think, protection, right? He, he needs that protection. But the thing is, is if if that's your thought, then you're not safe to begin with. Right. If another doctor right. being there is a is going to jeopardize your your position mm-hmm. he's been there for you we don't know how long they've been there but it seems like they've been there since the shit hit the fan yeah. you know it, it seems and, that way and if he's been there all along and they've been protecting him all along and just because there's a second doctor it means they might not protect him uh, then 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 these people aren't as good as they're coming across as they're trying to imply they are. Well, well, you're you're implying that they'll cut them loose. I, well, maybe you're not implying, but like, it's not an on-off switch. I, I think the doctor is just trying to um, protect himself 100%. Like, he doesn't want... Like, we, we saw a sampling of what could happen with, with Officer McRapey not being rapey, but just being overly aggressive with, yeah. uh, with the doctor. And, um, you know, he's just watching his skin. Like, he doesn't want any skin knocked off his back like he just wants to be able to do save people's lives and continue to live in a very like we saw his office like he's pretty decked out and you know he's living really comfortably and i i can see why it's funny how we said this episode we didn't really enjoy yet we've talked a lot about it and i again goes back to the point where they're setting up these new characters and a new scenario so it it's it's more inherently interesting because it's not something we, oh in the comics you know although i right. there might be a comics connection seeing as bob said there might be but um no no, no uh, not that at all but I there mean, is we, in the next episode oh of yeah. course but well, yeah. well before we go on like what are you guys predictions like lou says three episodes two more episodes of the hospital no i say two more lou says it's going to be a three three story arc right well that was yeah, yeah. I, I think the hospital stuff will be resolved Mid-season. And we'll, at, the, 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 at the mid-season, and we'll be introduced to their new challenge, and that's where they will leave us hanging. I still think... Yes. I, I, yeah, for... I agree with you there, I think, but I think the last episode, I think Hospital will be wrapped up in... Uh, you know what, you're probably right. It'll probably be wrapped up halfway well, through the okay. mid-season finale, and then... So, what we should say is, is there's probably three more episodes after episode five. I think it's like episode eight will be the mid-season. Yes. Yeah. So... The next episode is with Carol everybody that got Carol. on the bus and left. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, five. Sorry. Which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. After that, in the situation that unfolds in episode five, self-help, it, we're left with Daryl meeting back up with Rick and them. And 
whether or not Glenn and all of them decide Hi. to go back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Is that a, no, like a, a... I did not mean that at all. <laughs> that's all right. A timing thing? Like, we're going to move on. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I no, but, but we're going to be left with them having to either continue on to DC or go back. I think it seems uh, like it's going to be obvious that they go back. Yes, we, we'll talk about. Let's talk about that now. Uh, I think episode four, we've we've pretty much wrapped up. I do want to talk about the crazy stuff that happened in episode five. Right. See, I lost my nerve as we grew closer. For I'm a coward, and the reality of getting to our destination and disclosing the truth of the matter became some truly frightening shit. I took it upon myself to slow our roll find time to finesse things so that when we got there but at this moment I fully realize there are no longer any agreeable options I was screwed either way I also lied about T. Brooks Ellis locking my hair I do not know T. Brooks Ellis but I did read one of his books and he seemed like the type of guy that wouldn't blink twice at a Tennessee top hat again I am smarter than you and now he's dead. No, I'm just kidding. He's not dead. <laughs> well, he might be. I mean, he got hit pretty hard. Close uh, enough. I mean, uh, his face structure and Abraham's, like, one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk real quick, because this was an Abraham-focused episode. Yeah, and we got backstory. I sure if, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if we were going to get one of those. And a lot of people, and I was, like as I said, I was talking to a coworker, and he said it was pretty good. And I said, I really liked episode five. Yeah, I really enjoyed learning about Abraham's character because here he is coming into the show, and I know him from the comics, sure, but here he comes into the show, just this badass, you know, army type of dude that just he's got a mission, he's going to save the world, and he's going to do whatever it takes to do that. And now we learned a little bit about what made him that way, and made him crazy, basically. Like before before this episode, we like you said, we assumed he was an army dude, very righteous. He's on mission to save the world. And when you first start to see this backstory, you you near by the end of the episode, you're realizing, oh, he's broken. Like yeah, he's he's, he's broken, and he's he's probably a little crazy. He's definitely suicidal. Um, yes. And well, I don't know, like, what do you think put him over the edge with? with the uh, mullet man do you think it was the fact that he deliberately like ruined their ride or the the whole fact that it no, was an I entire think, lie i think it's what happened his introduction to um the mullet man mm. yeah eugene <laughs> eugene <laughs> eugene eugene's such a i guy. knew it was i knew it was with an e and i'm like going uh <laughs> i like e. to save at the end yeah well, you, you guys know no, that but, now that we're learning his name, he is going to be dead in the next episode. I guess so. I guess uh, well, so. I don't think we. I don't think we see Eugene no. die. You think I he'll think survive? So, I think he's going to survive. Yeah. Well, here's the funniest thing. How long I have wanted to tell you guys that, that he's and you guys already pretty much knew, but like, yeah. even even like with my wife, and she's like something's up with him, and I'm like I, I want to tell you. But it's I not figured even... it out. I figured it out the beginning half of this season because mm-hmm. in last season they do show that he is really smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's smart. And, yeah. And and you're like, oh, he's really smart. Maybe he is gonna save. But then there's things he says the beginning of this season that you go, that's not. He's not that smart. That's bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. He. And, they almost kind of led you into it. And you're like, you're like. Maybe he's not as smart as we think he is. Right. But, but, I, but I will give him credit. He seems to be very smart. Like, he is smart, and he, he also 
he came up with a very good, you know, find the right survivors that'll listen to him and they'll take him to Washington. I mean, right. having to well, live we- through that world and then hearing someone say, like, I'm a scientist, I can fix this, all I need to do is get to Washington, D.C. And and it makes sense. Like like I said, the Walking By, Dead world yeah. is filled with assholes. This is just a, a different kind of asshole. He's not he's not killing anybody by himself. He's he's just he's manipulating people which puts people in danger and obviously makes a lot of people upset. Like everybody but Abraham was just more disappointed, you know? He's, like Well, yeah, well he was I think he was gone like and like the best part of this episode and I think my my buddy Steve said it the best was the episode went full circle. You see Abraham determined in the past killing all those walkers to keep his family safe. I don't think and those then, were walkers. Well, no, not walkers. Sorry. He kills all those people to keep his family safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever was happening. You, you assume it's because something bad was happening, right? I mean, they yeah, could they, have been they, walkers, looters, they never, whatever. They never explain it. But it looks like those guys were or not some, dead. Yeah. It looks like they were there to steal supplies or hurt his family, right. and he protects them. And exactly. instead of his wife being like, oh, great, I'm glad you saved us, they look mortified at what he did. Well, he killed Well, he people. did something pretty intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you said, he was protecting them. And so he's on this mission to protect his family, and then he wakes up, they're gone, he goes outside, they're dead, and he goes to just, he absolutely loses it. Like, he, he had this whole thing, and then and then loses his mind because it didn't matter at the end because none of it really mattered. Like, they left him. And mm-hmm. now you watch this episode, and in the, pe- in the present, he's on this mission. He's going to do this thing. He's saving the world, like I talked about. And now it doesn't matter again. Like, yeah. he just found out the past whatever how many years, this guy has been lying to him. And people have died. He's gotten into bad situations. He's led people down the wrong path just to save this man's life. Yeah, and and time and time, like it's funny. This episode was was uh, sort of like a vacation movie, you know, where everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Right. And, and I'm kind of like, man, the Walking Dead universe sucks, but it can't suck this much. <laughs> right. And then it start you start to realize, like, oh, it's it's Mullet Man actually deliberately yeah, he- ruining things for everybody. And you find out he sabotages the bus, and that's when everyone goes. This guy has got something bigger going on. Yeah, like the yep. bus sabotage. Sabotage. Um, sabotage. That was that was intense, and yeah, it, it was a well, it was a, a crash that I did not see coming, and I was yeah, sort of like, right? you know, running a gas sure, tire pop, whatever. They got a flat, that's fine, but like a rollover, that was right. That was like, man, that sucked. And then and then bus on fire. And it was all, and like you said, it was like a vacation movie because yes. there was a little bit of comedy in there. This episode had some comedy, like like you see Maggie go, "We got a first aid kit on the bus. We should get it." Yeah, flames, and you're like, "Really? Yeah, come on." <laughs> it's then, definitely like the then, Griswold's Christmas or something, right? And then the Abraham, like, and it was the it was the most out of character Walking Dead thing I've seen, yes. but still fit perfectly with the episode where he's like, Glenn and him are talking. He's like, "Yeah, I need some ass." And you're like, and I, I rewound my, my thing, and I went, he didn't say that. And I, re, I did a little, little, and he's like, I need some ass. And I'm like, okay, no, he did. That was weird. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and then, like, the next scene, you get creepy Eugene there. But um, 
it was it was it still fit into the episode of Abraham's story and him as a character. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was out of context. It just caught me off guard. Well, and I was like, it's huh? definitely uh, a, another example that shows how far gone he is because he literally says to her like, "Oh, it's fine. He's going to save the world. He's allowed to watch. He's, yeah, he's harmless. He's I'm harmless. Like, like he's no, dude. I know, <laughs> I know. It's the end of the world, and you need some ass, but." There's a line that needs to be drawn. Yeah, you don't let people watch. Like, I, I don't understand what what people think. Like, the apocalypse hits, and then all human decency goes out of the world, including, you know, the the need for privacy. Like, right. I don't know, but, like, there's a couple then, things I'm not going to do in Eugene, front of people, and that's and Eugene, one. And the other Eugene's one is response, going to the bathroom. What? Eugene's response was, like, she said something like, all cards at the table, I was watching them. And you're like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm like we all saw you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh, he had but some great lines in this episode. He did, and like you know, so the whole episode is Abraham trying to find a way to DC. He gets a bus. The bus breaks down. He gets a fire truck. The fire truck won't work. They keep going and going and going, and he keeps going, and then finally finds out like he's ready to send this group on a suicide mission. Yeah, right. How like, how crazy just, was that's that? That's how that's how crazy he is. Right? He's like, I need to do this. I'm not turning around. I'm gonna do it. We can do it. He's determined, and he doesn't he doesn't and, think. And he's not like he, go ahead. I was say, yeah, he's determined. He's gonna get the get. They're gonna do everything they can to get through the thing. And Eugene looks at it, does the math, and he knows that they're not they're not gonna make it. Right, and there's only yeah. one way to get out of that situation, right? and well, that is to tell the truth. He knows. Now, he knows for a, like. The visual that you get, the, the the roadblock, the literal roadblock, is a field of zombies. Zombies yeah. everywhere. No, You could go around, but it would take too long. And you, like you said, Eugene does the math. He knows that uh, Abraham is not going to turn around. Like There's yeah. been many examples throughout this episode that Abraham is on a suicide course. Like He is going to get Eugene to Washington, D.C. through whatever is thrown in front of him and Eugene's like yeah we're not going to survive this and Abraham's not going to take no for an answer the only you know the truth will set you free <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. well in this case well so we we find and like the most like and I, I'll say heart wrenching scene is you know and the, the the dick comment I just gotta say it's a dick comment at the end to say I'm still smarter than you I know you want to kick me out, and I think at that point I would have done the same thing as Abraham. No, no, I, 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 I think Eugene definitely needed the beating that he gets. But if you, my whole feeling with Eugene is, I, I think he's very smart. I also think he has something like Asperger's, or he's got some kind of autism because yeah. he's just he's so Says, weird. Yeah, he's so so weird acting that he says things that no person that has any kind of common sense would say or I, any kind of social yeah. understanding of so, so, social norms and it's funny like um i i think you you hit the nail on the head there like it's it's he's definitely a character with some sort of social uh, or mental disorder right. and we don't see that a lot in this universe because um, it's a common a, a common thought or, or writing trope that people like that wouldn't necessarily survive this tough as nails world. Like, and I'm not throwing them under the bus or, or being mean or anything. I 
I have been super loud and clear that I would not survive the zombie apocalypse. Um, I would go down pretty quickly. But um, he he does survive because he is really smart and he he manipulates everybody and um, that a, a, a disorder like you were talking about like that would actually create you know someone like that. Uh, you know most people like that wouldn't necessarily be that evil, but like I said, everybody's an asshole in this universe. Well, I don't it just takes that, time. I, I don't think Eugene is evil. No, he's I, not evil, but he's an asshole. Like he's he's not evil. He he's like a he's he's, he's I don't know. Like he's what? in he's in a bad situation. He is a coward. So what does he do? He manipulates the situation to to ensure his safety. Exactly. But you know he doesn't do it. He like he's he illustrates that he's not he's not evil by the fact that he memorizes every person's name to a T that has sacrificed their life their life for him. Um, that doesn't necessarily make what he did right, but at least we know he's not like he understands the stones. consequences of his actions. Exactly, and I think at the end of the episode, it was just really bone chilling how Abraham. You knew Abraham was going to punch him. But not like oh, yeah. give him the one, two, three to the face, and then just have and the way they displayed it, like have him just sort of stand I, I there. I have to and say, boom! They show him fall, and they show him hit the pavement, and I have to say, they play a sound effect when he hits the pavement, yeah. and I think it's the wrong sound effect. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. Weird, like your right? nose hits the, your nose hits the the pavement that hard after your face has been cracked open by a couple Abraham. Well, you know. It, well, it played. They played the same sound that they play every time somebody stomps a skull. Yeah. And so I, my thought was they were going to roll him over, and he was going to be dead in a zombie. And when he wasn't, and they roll him over, he looked beat up, and he looks like he got. Oh, he pummeled. was he was swollen, dude. Like but, he was plumped but, up. But his it, nose it, was broken. Right, but it looks like the kind of thing that, like, oh yeah, we're going to give you give you some aspirin, uh, set your nose back. And we'll be on our way. You know what I mean? It didn't look the sound effect that they used when his face hits the pavement mm. is like, oh, he's never going to walk away from this again. He's going to be a cripple. It was, and it was like, yeah. no. It was borderline Looney Tunes. Like, yeah. really close. But and, and and not even the sound effect, just the way he fell over. It was almost like they were trying to be comedic. And it was, you know, it was just like, you know, like. You know, it's just, it kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm shocked that like this character's, you know, in The Walking Dead when something like this happens. Obviously, we've seen stronger characters survive worse beatings like the governor and Rick. Um, But I don't think Eugene has many friends left. uh, And they don't have a vehicle. And, you know, that guy ain't walking, at least in a straight line anytime soon. Uh, and Abraham ain't walking. You know, we leave the episode with um, him basically, you know, with his gun, cowering and kind of crying, basically well, giving was, up again. That's what I was saying. Like, the episode was, like my buddy Steve said, it was like full circle almost. And, like, it was heart-wrenching to watch when he, he hits Abraham and then he walks away. Everyone's all freaking out. And he just drops to his knees and he's like, what have I done? Like, and you know, this is kind of where Rick was a couple seasons ago. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Like, Abraham is almost like another Rick, only slightly more mustachioed. Well, yeah. He, it's just that whole, what have I done for the past however long this has been? Like, everything's been for nothing. 
And, and, it, and it really it's defeat, man. It's defeat. It is defeat. But I think his character will be around a lot longer. I don't think that this is going to be the end of Abraham. I don't see. I don't think he's going to die on us in the next episode. I I agree. I, I think Abraham's um, going to stick around. Um, I I think Eugene's going to bite it. I I think Eugene's dead. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think Eugene's dead. I wouldn't be surprised if Eugene dies by the end of the season. Well, yeah, but, I but I, I don't yeah. think he's. I think we're going to get at least another couple of. I think we're going to get him through the mid season. I just, I'm gonna, I, man, I'm gonna he's inherently weak, and he took some really strong hits to the face, including that pavement punch that got him right to the end there. Um, I'm going to make a prediction here, too, guys. All right, yeah, sorry, you jump in. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. I don't think any any other character is going to die at the mid through the mid season finale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the drama between them all is going to add for much better TV if they're all alive at the end of the midseason. Well, yeah, yeah that's actually I, a really I, I good point. I think the worst that's going to happen is the end of the, the midseason will end with one of them dying. Do, that, do you? That's the, I think that's the worst that we'll get. Yeah. Do, do you guys? Like, you touched oh, a bit man. on this. Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, like, how crazy would it be a midseason finale? Abraham and his group come together, right? They're like, they're like, oh yeah, Eugene's a liar, blah blah blah, and they're like, oh man, and then Rick's and Rick's group comes together with Carol's group, and like you know, Daryl's there, and they're like, this is what happened to Beth, this is crazy, blah blah blah, and at the very end, friggin' Morgan comes back, <laughs> right? Morgan's still and now it's out. now it's all of them together, and you're like, where are they going from here? But, yeah. but see, that's the thing is is um, this show has made a bit of a, a tradition of mid-season finale and season finale big epic moments twists it's it, it, it's 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 throughout the season like you know it started with a season two with you know the barn burner and then literally the barn burner at the end yep. of the season then season three was um uh uh the governor you know capturing daryl and that was like pitting Daryl against his brother. And then the end of that season was the big, obviously the big raid, season yep. four, and so on and so forth. I think that they're not going to stop with that. And and um, I really do think that they're going to wrap up everything that's happening right now, including the hospital. And then the season, the mid-season finale is going to be that prison moment, you know, that, you know fade over the hill to see oh my god the comic teaser that to anybody right. else wouldn't make sense but i really do think that they're they're gonna wrap up everything and build towards uh you know the major baddie for the rest of the season we still have not seen him yet i i think morgan is probably going to warn them why else would he seek them out you know it's just really mm-hmm. weird that he's still in the shadows oh bob I, I, yeah i hear you i i have something i want to point out that i find very sad sure and okay. i also think it, it, it tells a lot about the show sure. so when the show okay. began back in episode one back in season one of course yeah as they do right they they're in georgia mm. rick finds his family and all of the survivors right. and they're just outside of atlanta and they go to Atlanta to the CDC. Yeah. And the season ends. And then they they move on and they go to the farm. Right? Right. Yeah. And then they leave the farm and they go to the prison. Yeah. <laughs> right. With so okay. far. All right. You're following me. Uh-huh. Yes. And so 
they've been doing a lot of traveling. And yeah. the show is obviously like it is Rick has now been awake for what was probably the equivalent of like two years. Yeah. yeah. Right? When the bus flips, <laughs> yeah. there is a sign that they are still in Georgia. Oh yeah, they haven't got very far. Like uh, Okay. I'm gonna tell you now, as someone who has driven from one end of Georgia to the other <laughs> If you are in a vehicle, it is like a four and a half hour drive, and you are out of the state of Georgia. Well, I don't know if they're trying to leave Georgia. They're per actually se. just going in a big circle. They just don't know. It. Like, yes, I, I will. I will agree with Georgia. you, though, Lou. The fact that they're back in, like Beth is in the city, kind of threw me for a loop. Well, I understand the concept that you know there are zombies. The roads are all terrible, and but and but. Through most of the show, they have had vehicles, and yeah. the roads have not been so bad that they can't get their vehicles to where they need to go, especially when they were at the prison. How often did they leave the prison and drive off, get supplies, and come back? They did, it, they, they did, there wasn't roads full of cars anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And hmm. they Blue still have the show. They well, still yeah. have not left the state of Georgia. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And they really were see on their way it. to DC. That's a good point. How far is DC well, from DC, Georgia? DC from Georgia um, is should... probably about fourteen hours. Fifteen really? hours. They were talking like it was cross country. I just assumed it, it, was... it, it, it is cross country. Yeah, it's um, not an easy drive. You can drive. You can drive from where I live in Maine, nonstop, to the middle of Florida. And it will take you about 26 hours. Right. Yes. My Nana does that every winter. Um, right. But I'm just saying, so in in a perfect world like we have now, 26 hours. Yeah. But I guess. In, in their, it, it, where they are now, we've seen them do hours and hours and hours of traveling. And they're still in the one state. <laughs> but but is that is that like a deal breaker for you or is it just like a, one of these no, points? No, I just think yeah. it, it was the – I'm thinking they went and they left the prison. They went to the prison. I don't know about you, but if I lived in Atlanta or it, and, and, I, and I came across the prison, I would know what prison that is. I live in Westbrook, Maine. There is a Cumberland County Jail in Portland, the next town over from me, and I know where that jail is. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and and they came across the prison, and they were like, "Oh wow, there's a prison here." You're in the same state you began in. It's well, not maybe like... Lou, maybe they went to a different state and then retreated back to Georgia. <laughs> maybe I don't. I'm know. just saying. Well, to you know to me, those... it's kind of like all foreign language because I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even like close to. Not only do I not really know the source material very well, but I'm also not an American. Um, but I agree. Like if, if, if you were, it depends, like, I don't know how big Georgia is, but provinces in Canada are much bigger than the States uh, that you guys have. So it's like, if there's a prison somewhere, it's not very likely to know that that prison exists unless you have some sort of personal connection to it. Cause prisons are, are like these things that you just place outside your mind. Cause it's like, you don't need to worry about it unless you're buying a house nearby and you don't want to live near a prison. But I, yeah. I, I, I see know. your point, and I, maybe, I, I think maybe, it's 
maybe I'm weird. I know where jails are. I know where police stations. <laughs> You're not are. weird. And I and I and I, I also know where nuclear power plants are. I, I well, don't know. You know what? We've been we've been doing this for a while, and uh, I don't want to get too far off the rails here. And um, I I also know that we we had uh, we we kind of gave our predictions of the show, but we also had a contest, did we not, Ryan? We did. We did have a and, contest. Uh, and I think we have a winner, do we not, Ryan? We we do have a winner. So we are giving away a hand signed blocking dead print by the wonderful Scott Johnson, and we asked listeners to send in their thoughts on season five in general or in any specifics that they may have wanted. We got now we have we have a winning entry and I know we have been talking a lot of Walking Dead, so I'll I'll go through the entries we did get and then we'll announce the winner and we'll uh, we'll get that person there their print. Um we had one entry on we had a couple entries on Twitter from some peeps, uh people predicting Beth's death and Richmond, Virginia is the safe zone. Does that mean anything to you guys? Has Richmond, Virginia come up before? Yeah. Well, Richmond, Virginia is just before DC where they were headed. Yeah, it's um Is that yeah, Alexandria? Don't don't worry, don't worry about it. I won't worry yeah, about it. it. Get out of here. That one Take comes from RFN on Twitter. Um <laughs> and the next one comes from Nick Zombie, well, the Welsh zombie on Twitter. Daryl will get killed in the very last episode as the cure is found. Um it sounds like that guy's planning like like he has he's way well, beyond season five, I think. Yeah, like uh, unless he's specifically referencing this uh, mullet man getting to DC. Um, oh, right. We've been running the contest for a while, so we won't hold it against him. No, that that, that, that one only came in just the other day. That's true. Uh, we got one from longtime listener Alan Gambrell via email. He expressed how hard it was to, to actually predict in advance. Some people like to reach far out. Other people just live episode by episode. Uh, and he was basically saying that uh, Daryl returns to the church with Noah, informs Rick that they got to save Beth. Uh, long story short, Father Gabriel uh, gets eaten because he's 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 kind of a wimp. He's a coward. Um, yeah. And then Morgan, who's on foot, uh, is their guardian angel and you know pulls a pulls a carol and snipes people. Well, you, you got to read the best part. He also reveals that he has a nuclear bomb in a barrel in his hometown in Jericho, Kansas. <laughs> is, is he? Is he in Jericho? Was he from he, Jericho? He was in Jericho. Yeah, he, that's yes. what I thought. And he's involved in what causes all the disaster yeah. in Jericho. So, so yeah. thank you. That was a fun little joke. That, there, that, I, was, I, I, that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I need to watch Jericho. Although it yes, sounds you like you just spoiled it for me. No, you, you don't. No, uh, anyways, uh, we have, uh, he re- gets reunited with the, with the group to go into DC. Uh, and I love this again, the Ryanisms are pleasant or are, are present. They are pleasant as well. Uh, Glenn and Maggie, red walrus, which I think is awesome. I didn't even think of that. Like his mustache does make him look like a walrus, uh, mullet, hot chick, which I assume is, uh, the, the other army chick. <laughs> red walrus. Yeah. Sorry. I just get, you just got it. It's so, been a long episode. I can't, I can't not uh, laugh. Go ahead, sorry. And then you have cl- cute lesbian, uh, which, yeah, that's good. Uh, driving Highway 85, they ab- abandon their vehicle or by a careless driving that runs them off the road, which I thought was an excellent prediction because that's what happened. Yep. Uh, they yep. encounter raiders and must defend themselves. Uh, that did not happen. But uh, he finishes off with next to die, Father Gabriel, Noah, Red Wallace, or M- Mullet pending the truth coming out and then special surprise death of the season maggie uh that's that was an epic entry it was. Uh, but not our winner we actually have a winner this week and it is melissa via email lou i've been talking a lot why don't you read this fantastic entry 
Okay, so Melissa says, my season five predictions are there will be three separate storylines, one for Beth, one for the people on their way to Washington, and one for Rick's group, and that Sasha will die. Uh, mm. I think Daryl will continue to grow and change, and that the relationship between him and Beth is just starting, and it will go in a, a, a direction. Uh, she also says that she thinks... Uh, uh, Maggie and Glenn's relationship is going to be tested mm. and Eugene's a fake and when it comes out we'll find out what's going to happen to him and uh, Gabriel will become a more important character and Morgan will become part of the group yeah that's actually uh, a really good those are all really solid predictions because I feel like Father Gabriel uh, being a bit player seems like a waste you know, yeah. having him just to die because he's a coward. Uh, this show has proven that, that, that at the very least they like to build characters up before ripping the carpet from underneath them. So if Father Gabriel starts to take a turn in one episode where he's suddenly very interesting and they're explaining a lot more about him, he probably will die. But uh, before that happens, he will become stronger. And I know Bob's biting his tongue over there because he's read uh, the comics. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. I, I think that's all solid. So, Melissa, we'll be in touch. You have won our Blocking Dead print from Woo-hoo! Scott Johnson. Thank nice you job. so much. And I know, Ryan, you've been talking for a while, so I will try and do this. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you all for the, the feedback and the emails. If you want to keep going ahead and doing that, uh, feel free. We'll get to that in a second. I want to just mention briefly, I won't get into his big details, but the Zombies Ate My Podcast t-shirt still available on SlashLoot.com in three amazing colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, white, black, and uh, what was that last one? I can never remember. Uh, Evil Dead, right? Nah, something. Lou, you remember that last was White, black. White, black, and ash gray. Ash gray. Thank you. <laughs> oh, did you actually forget? <laughs> no, I was just kidding. Oh. So, anyway, uh, you guys, if you want to get in touch with us on the show, it's uh, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com for your emails. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast. Uh, Facebook is great. It's facebook.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. Mm-hmm. You can follow Ryan individually if you like him more than the rest of us, oh. which, come on, no. No, Canadian. Uh, it's, he's, uh, he's at R. Murphy. You should definitely follow Lou. He's at Busy Zombie Lord. I am at Bobbert F. And uh, we'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Joel Duggan for the amazing iTunes artwork. And then that is at joelduggan.com. I'd also like to thank Lauren Wilson one more time for coming on the show. Go get her zombie cookbook survival guide. We'll post links in the show notes and everything. Um, it's definitely a good read and worth the money. And uh, go go support a, a um, someone that makes you eat mealworms. <laughs> or it makes Bob eat mealworms. Uh, hopefully, yep. hopefully you will eat mealworms. Uh yeah, that's it. I think I did it. I you did, I did it. it. You didn't get I the did. the dot com, but you did it. The dot com. I, tr- I, was, I was going. I'm so tired. I know. Just, me too. <laughs> it's been a long you know, episode, but a great it's, episode. It's, it's good to be it's back. Good. It's been real. But you know what? Until then, you know what, everyone. Um, you know what? I'm just. I gotta go get some ass. Jeez. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah, does your wife listen to this? No. <laughs> that was a, Probably that was a, a good thing. Show. That, was, that was a quote. Oh, yes, of course. That, that was a quote. No, I, we believe you. I actually closed out my zombie jokes, too. Um... <laughs> nope, it's over. Incoming oh. bad zombie Uh-oh. joke. Uh-oh.
I can pull it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's stall just a stall. Them for now. Stall them. Stall tactic. Just play it again until you have it. <laughs> just keep going over and over again, right? Uh, you know what? I'll just do a random one here from the book of zombie jokes. Uh, hey, hey, Lou. <clears throat> what? Hey, Lou. Hey, what's up, Bob? What's the zombie's favorite meal? <laughs> I think I did this one. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a manwich. <laughs> oh, man. So good. I thought you were going to say mealworms. Ew, come on. Sorry. You just got that out of your head. 